0: Hello and welcome to the installment of the YFootball Football Podcast with me, Michael Dryden and Etchers crew. This week, as the rumours have resurfaced around a 39th Premier League game being played abroad, we take a look at past rumours, the new potential proposals, the pros and cons, and we'll discuss whether it is likely to ever happen. Before we start, please follow us on Twitter at YFootball underscore and subscribe with us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Acast and YouTube. Uh, good evening, Etchers. How are you doing? yeah i'm not bad uh obviously uh to those
1: listening in um whatsapp facebook and instagram is down and mm. i was thinking right you know like 40 years ago and you said oh yeah i'm gonna meet at the restaurant at half seven yeah <laughs> what happens when what happens when you're just like you just don't rock up because for a legitimate reason like uh i don't know like you
0: got beaten up or something like you, you're just going to be standing yeah. there like a lemon for like two hours I've often wondered that because that could actually be a relationship ender. <laughs> just don't turn
1: internal. Like you have no idea. Like you literally could be standing there, and then you look like a dickhead. But it's like, oh, uh, would you like a drink? No, no, I'm waiting for my friend. He'll be here in about ten minutes. <laughs> and then you're there two hours later, and they're like, oh, would you? Would you still like a drink? I'm like, no, no, no. They'll, they'll be here soon, and then you, and then you leave. <laughs> you leave, shrouded in shame. Um, <laughs> And let me think about now, because I was was trying to contact you, obviously, to uh, sort the the episode out tonight. And, yeah, obviously, we could still call. But, yeah, I was thinking, yeah, what would happen if, or what would happen, or what did happen, sorry, like 40 years ago? That's what was on my mind, instead of talking about football, because Mm. Arsenal didn't do very well. Oh, we got a draw, but, you know, not the end of the world. Anyway, how are you doing, Dryden?
0: I mean, I'm not brilliant, to be fair. I went to Pompey on Saturday to um, see Sunderland against Pompey, and we got batted 4-0, Bear in mind at the start of the season, we've been we were unreal. We basically before that game were top of the league, uh, won 5-0 against Cheltenham on Tuesday night at home, flying, and we get batted 4-0. It was one of those games though, where like so they stopped the game after 60 minutes because the conditions were that bad. Like like horizontal rain, you couldn't really see because of the rain. The there was pools of water on the pitch where the ball was getting stuck, it wouldn't even it wouldn't even um move along the surface. And Lee Johnson, our manager, is like, you know, League One's answered Pep Guardiola, he's like instilled this no <laughs> kick it long approach. Like, he, so our, t- our goalkeeper, uh, defenders, instructed no long balls at all. I, I suppose unless it's like, you know, a must. So we're trying to play this like Pep football uh, tiki-taka and the ball's not even moving. <laughs> and they were playing direct and we got batted. Like one of the worst I've seen us get batted ever.
1: That's a shame. I mean, you know what? You know, he needed for that game, You needed a catamol just in the middle, just to control things. You know, well, exactly. Get, rally, yeah. Rally the troops. But in case you're wondering, Lee Johnson, uh, League One's answer to Pep Guardiola, you heard it first in this pod, and I'm sure you'll hear it again in the coming weeks. Sunderland continue to have a positive season. Kind of going <laughs> on to the actual topic today. I want to discuss the 39th game or playing Premier League games abroad because it's one of those things that, like, ever since um, the Super League ended, like, and Project Big Six as well, like, there's just there's all these, these incentives is that the Premier League want to make more money, right, in short. Mm. That's kind of what they want to do. You know, richest league in the world, that seems to be accelerating. And it's a global business. And, you know, the chat of there being games abroad is met with backlash and uproar but it's like are you surprised you're getting mm. guys in like the middle of kuwait like wearing man united tops like do you not <laughs> think that they would want to capitalize on that you can't compare it to any other watch you can't compare it to rugby you can't even nfl being here you know nfl is literally you know it's got fans around the world nowhere near as many as football nowhere mm. near so you know it's no surprise to see it to see it's rear its head again so I thought it'd be interesting to do uh, an episode on it to see the pros and cons and whether we actually expect to see it happen um, I could definitely see it happening in our lifetime um, mm. to what extent I don't know because obviously the main money areas aren't you know they're not going to do it in France <laughs> they're going <laughs> to they're they're do it in America Australia India mm. potentially South Africa maybe places like that rather than your European countries, which you already get in the Champions League.
0: Yeah, it feels like ages ago this topic uh, came to the fore because, as you said, like, I mean, it feels like ages ago, like, the US has been touted, parts of Asia, but even back then, like, this is you're talking probably over 10 years ago. So, you know, football's even grown so much since then. So, like, now it's almost like additional places in the world that we could potentially have it. You know, China's had an explosion of football, other parts of Asia, Africa's continuously growing rapidly in, in football. So, I wonder where it's going to be. You mentioned NFL. Um, but it's a good point. I mean, NFL's played almost exclusively in America, so the fact that they have, or I guess, the fact that they have more of a, a demand or a more of a need to try and get the sport outside of America. Cause that's almost like a, a, if you think about like, the reasons why, and we'll go into it, but the reasons why the Premier League want to branch the Premier League out, uh, the Premier League directors want to branch out the league overseas. That must be like tenfold of NFL because they've not not only have they pretty much. To an extent, exclusively, their fan base is all in America. So for them, their growth potential is even more limited. You'd think they would be trying to move out uh, even further. So it doesn't surprise me that we've got these games in London. I think there was talk about a London franchise at one, at one stage. But, I mean, it's a bit it's a bit far-fetched. But, um, but yeah, I mean, there's no surprise that the Prem want to branch out to a place like India, for example, where there's just, you know, you've got over a billion people <laughs> or close to a billion people. Um And, you know, even if 1% of those are interested in watching the Premier League, that's a huge market. Yeah. um, You know what would be really interesting as well, now that we touched on the NFL?
1: Imagine if there was a hockey franchise in London, because, Jordan, I know you love hockey. Um, (laughs) This is such a myth. Yeah, (laughs) this is such a myth. (laughs) So um, for those of you that don't know, Dryden um, has two loves in his life, football and hockey. Uh, ice hockey as well not field hockey just in case you're wondering so <laughs> if there was uh if there was ever a franchise here very talented um
0: ice hockey player as well even though he's never played before in his life um, yeah absolutely so... yeah, got, got the build for it i mean um <laughs> <laughs> i basically had nhl like 15 when i was like 13 and this is actually to be fair i did buy it in lockdown so i'm talking rubbish but uh, <laughs> i basically <laughs> had the game and the video game franchise like three times and apparently i love it but anyway we
1: digress. <laughs> yeah, we, we we digress indeed. So the fuss is, or generally why this has kind of come up is, you know, the original idea which you touched on was this 39th game way back in 2008 um, when the Premier League executive at the time, Richard Scudamore, you know, they wanted to do their normal round-robin thing, playing 38 fixtures where an extra game will be played or supposed to be played in January to escape the extreme colds of England. Um <laughs> I mean, even that in itself as a statement, because um, I've read that online, is just ridiculous because, what, when all, 20, when, all 20, when all 20 sorry, Premier League clubs have undersoil heating? Like, what? Do you know what I mean? It's not minus 20 as well. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's two degrees. Let's play in Dubai. It's like, you know what I mean? It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. But anyway, the FAs of countries came forward to host the games. Uh, you know, we had countries in the Middle East, which is where we expected to be, South Asia and North America were on the running. Um, The chairman for all of these clubs are really interested, uh, but then obviously the managers are far less keen because managers traditionally, as well as players, and managers in particular, love to moan. I would say the average manager Mm -hmm. in the Premier League is happy after the win for about two minutes and they're back to moaning and complaining again. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, it was meant to be incorporated during the 2010-2011 season. But, yeah, as, man, as I said, managers were unhappy. Um, they didn't want it played across halfway around the world. UEFA nor FIFA were very happy about it either, which was interesting. Um, so then obviously fast forward 10 years um, and it's believed that many of the clubs are still quite keen to have something similar although the proposition now is a bit different now they want to have a substantial number of games abroad Um, but again the rumours are as very recently as of last week the Premier League has called its interest Now that's not a surprise because I think the Premier League has watched very closely at Project Big Picture which everyone's forgotten about that's when the Mm. nine biggest clubs or eight biggest clubs in England were meant to like control all of the rights to the Prem. I think now they need 14 of the 20 to vote, but I think they're going to give all of the power to eight, which didn't make any sense. Um, (laughs) Essentially, it's like a power-grabbing exercise. And that failed. And then, obviously, we've seen the Super League fail. So I'm not surprised the Premier has called their interest because I know that fans within this country, which we'll come on to later, really, 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 really don't want this going ahead mm. and I think that the power of fans was underestimated with the Super League nonsense so I think they're a bit hesitant to do it. Um, having said that though if the Premier League was to move abroad it wouldn't be the first one to do so. Supercoppa Italiana was uh, has already been played in Saudi Arabia. Uh, and a La Liga fixture between Barca mm. and Girona was meant to played in Miami before the pandemic struck. Although fans from both sides are threatening legal action. Can you imagine <laughs> though, right? Can you actually imagine like if AST is Arsenal supporters trust, imagine if they just bopped out and were like, yeah, right, we're taking Emery to court for bad football. i wasted my money and my time it's fraud fraudulent behavior (laughs) like i i i I couldn't get more information on the grounds as to what they'd be taking into court over i actually had no idea but i just find it mad what this 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 firm of barcelona fans obviously it would be figureheaded by a legal team but just thinking now you know what you're going to get taken to court for that's quite mad
0: yeah, I don't know, consumer rights or something. If they bought season tickets, etc. I don't know. Like, it's just it, it's a bit mad. I mean, I had no no idea that that was going to go ahead. Actually, um, that Barcelona game in in Miami. But uh, you point your point in the Super League. I think is really apt. It's like, I feel as if the Super League in this context is like a double edged sword for the Premier League because when I mean the Super League has kind of brought out this um, well a lot of sentiment in this country against this sort of thing of having the the, the big teams in the in Europe grab power, grab all the revenue and just being very exclusive party for them. But at the same time, um, a lot of, after the Super League were kind of tarnished, you had those people and it was a minority, maybe across Europe. Um, particularly, I saw a lot of journalists, I mentioned this before, relate to Serie A, talking about how, I oh, know it's not fair that all these Premier, Leagues are pu- Premier League clubs are pulled out, now that their fans don't want it because, you know, their league is basically the dominant taking the dominant share. other league has got a chance, Serie A being a good example of that. So for for the Premier League it seems like a, a double-edged sword. But um I guess the concern from fans is like a potential precedent being set. Because like, you know, if this 39th game goes ahead and they make loads of money from it, what they're just going to keep keep with 39 games. They already make loads of money and yet that's not enough. It's, so I think that's the that's the issue is like okay well if they, they play a 39th game or one of the cup competitions gets taken abroad When's it going to stop? Um, so they're going to have this like international league. And it's ironic. As It's almost ironic. The Premier League are against Super League. Um, but actually what they're doing isn't only like, motivation-wise. It's not wholly too dissimilar to what they're doing in the Super League. Trying to basically band together and access other markets. That's essentially what Premier League are doing on their own. So it is um, it is a bit mad. But, um, but yeah, and there's another factor I think as well. Like if you do have this 39th game, it ain't going to be Brighton against Newcastle, is it? In Doha. Yes, Is it. it? Yes, 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 it will, mate. Yes, it's it. Not. Yes, it will. What Steve
1: Bruce against Graham Potter, ma- <laughs> ma- managerial, managerial clash of the century. That's going to be happening for sure. Don't you worry about that.
0: Oh, on a side note, you must have seen the video or, or the meme of Steve Bruce out piercing the rest of the Newcastle players on FIFA 22. Yeah, 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 That was hilarious, man. Good, he's got wheels in him.
1: I, I do get what you mean. Like, I think part of the problem with football is that clubs that are out of the loop always complain saying, oh, what about the fans? You know, is this isn't right. But I think most of the Premier League clubs, I'd say probably most of the championship clubs, and I'd say half of League One clubs, depending on the size of the structure, of Sunderland definitely. If they're involved in it, they'll do it. You know, the mm, clubs doing yeah. things for the fans no longer exist. Like clubs that say they are, are hiding behind. Like I'm hearing West Ham complaining about the Super League. Oh yeah. If you were invited in, they would have jumped <laughs> on it straight away. You mad? Yeah, Gordon um, Sullivan, uh, <laughs> uh, Super League. no, we're about the fans. Oh yeah, they've they've rioted about mm. t- they've they've rioted about more times in in recent times than any other club. You know, like I just think it's one of those where, yeah, th- I think the Prem will eventually get their way. Uh, and you know, when 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 does it end or where does it end until so there's legislation put in place? I'm not too sure about that. But looking at the reasons as to why they would want to play abroad, obviously you've already touched on that is money. Um, you know they want to sell premium tickets abroad to capitalize on their you know their fame and their interest abroad and they want to grow that's Mm. another big thing as well is Arsenal don't want to stop growing now Man United don't want to stop growing now they want to cover every corner of the planet then for the emerging teams you know your Leicesters even your Tottenham's to a degree they're thinking right how do we grow even more you know we want to become Mm. a bigger force in the world and that will benefit us if we have more of a presence in Australia, or have a bigger presence in America. So all of these clubs want a piece of the pie. So that's why playing abroad. If if Leicester go abroad and beat Manchester City six 0 then fans there. But oh, I support Leicester City now because all these hmm. fans internationally and and fans here as well follow winning teams. It's no coincidence that you know most international fans kind of support Man United or Chelsea or Arsenal because yeah. in that bracket of young adults around our age, they were the biggest teams then, and Liverpool as well before that. I think Liverpool probably just was slightly before the globalisation of the Premier League but mm. still are a household name and now that they've won the leagues now I'm sure that there's a, a, a future batch of tiny little fans around the globe that now love Mo Salah or are even called Mo Salah. you know I don't know what their parents are naming kids these days so I think that's, that's <laughs> definitely one of them and another one as well is this is more of a wholesome point, but I don't think clubs think this way. It's trying to reach out to their fan bases across the world. I mean, there is a selfish point of view in England that like, you know, I, I get supporting your local team and I, I do understand how important it is to people. But it, that doesn't mean that, you know, just because you support Arsenal in America, you can't watch them. Do you know what I mean? Like, Mm. there's definitely an argument there because I understand that that doesn't then mean that you should price out your local fans, which I think is happening, which I'll come on to later. But there definitely is an element of we have to cater to this market. We can't just say, "Oh, Darren, like, why don't you just watch us at 3 a.m. in Australia, playing week in week out?" When you know Mm. someone like Darren probably deserves to watch them play because we spoke about what it what it means to be a fan. And that definitely ties into it, you know, like you've got guys here with season tickets who don't really care about the football that they're watching, and you've got guys who would who would kill for that ticket, but unfortunately mm. don't live in England. So yeah. there's definitely a point there. I think also following on from the money, you know, all of the photo shoots, the meet and greets, the adverts, you know, the ones where it's like fly emirates and they're kicking a ball in the plane and it's like, oh, mm-hmm. there's Messi. And he doesn't really speak English, but he's speaking English in the advert. And it's like, <laughs> do you know what I mean? It's like it's just one mm. of those things where it's such a it's such a marketing opportunity as well. That I think clubs would be silly to do it. And um yeah, I just kind of feel like they definitely there definitely are positives. I just don't know if there's that many positives for your, your home-based fan. I think for the clubs. Well, the reason why the clubs are pushing is because they see the benefits, right? You know, managers are saying, oh, we don't want to play abroad or whatever. I get that. But, you know, pre-seasons are already miles away. I remember when Wenger, um, Arsenal used to traditionally have their pre-seasons in Europe because you didn't want to go far. Now, Arsenal are going all
0: across the world. So, it'll be interesting to kind of see how that progresses. And also, there's a point I've possibly made before, I can't really recall, but... You know, I've I support a team that's not in the Premier League, but I you know, I still like the fact that the Premier League is the biggest league in the world. You probably do too, more pertinent for you because you're an Arsenal fan. But we do all that I mean, English fans do look like the fact that the Premier League is the biggest in the world and the most exciting to a degree or whatever, and the biggest franchise, biggest some of the best players are now more and more seemingly migrating there. You know, we've had Lukaku Ronaldo come in in, in recent well, in recent months. So can we complain that it plans to once again, you know, capitalise on its success to date, its brand, um, and you know, boost boost out further. Like I understand why fans are upset about things that happen, but at the same time, you know, A. We can't be surprised, and B. Like you know, we've you know, the time to complain about the Premier League's growth was probably in the nineties, and um, that was the time to complain. Now we're just getting to the point now where it's it's overflowing from our British Isles, and now complain about it. But actually, we've we've loved it for so many years, so we're all kind of guilty of possibly. Um, getting carried away with the Premier League, but now that it's perhaps leaving us in some form, now we're spitting our dummies out. Yeah, definitely. It's
1: like uh, some Italian podcasts we follow online were saying, we have to stop the Premier League. It's getting too big. It's like, oh, give it a Mm. rest, man. Like In the 90s, Italy was spending all sorts of money on various players and various clubs. You know, when when you study football, I say study because we are born in 94 and 93, so obviously the 80s and even some of the 90s we weren't aware of. But, you know, back then you were seeing Eastern Europe were a huge force. You know, all these teams, Yugoslavia, um, USSR, Russia after that, even Croatia, 98 with Suker. I know Croatia have been quite good recently. But you had all of these teams, like Red Star Belgrade winning the Champions League and like Dynamo Moscow being a force and Spartak Moscow. And now mm. they've all been weeded out. And then it's moved on to Western Europe and it's the same, really. Like people, the, the 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 time to intervene with the growth of these leagues is, is long gone, long yeah, gone. Yeah, now. definitely. Like long 100%. gone. now that you can't really stop it. But as I said, that's a topic for another day. I mean, one of the one of the next points to kind of look at is why would you not want to play abroad? Which I think if you ask any fan in England, they could give you about a thousand reasons. Uh, but we'll, we'll give it a few on here. And the, probably the, the easiest one is different time zones. I, I definitely think in a competitive thing at the Premier League, managers would be booting off. If Arsenal, OK, mm. let's, let's, let's give a more realistic example. If City were, going, were potentially winning the league and played two games abroad, one was in, let's say, Doha and the other was in Paris. No, not Paris. One mm. was in Doha. One was in, let's say, Australia. But then we'll say that Liverpool had two games, one in Dubai, one in Saudi Arabia. Guardiola would be screaming. <laughs> he would be scre- he would honestly be screaming if that happened because he would say, Well, it's a massive disadvantage. You're like, how can mm. we, you know, with different time zones, how can we schedule those two games abroad when t- Liverpool have a much shorter mileage, much shorter difference in time zone, and therefore have an advantage? I think, you know, a similar point as well is let's say we go to Thailand where Leicester are massive and Mm. Arsenal are the home team there because that's how they've drawn it. And they face Leicester. I'm I'm sure they wouldn't do that deliberately for Leicester, but they may go to another area, let's say Doha again. And by chance, Arsenal have a much stronger following in Doha, but they're the away team. How does that benefit Leicester who they're playing? The mm. whole point of a home stadium is it's got the most of your fans and it gives you that boost. You've seen people go to Anfield. I've even seen the Emirates rock from time to time, Old Trafford, <laughs> Stadium of Light, you know, yeah. all of these stadiums. I think when a home crowd really get behind the team, and you've got 30, 40, 50, 60, 70,000 people there, it makes a big difference. If 60,000 of, of the so-called home support don't support you, then how is that an advantage? You you can't have that either, really. And there's no way you can control that because the Premier League don't definitively know. Plus, the top six predominantly going to be better supported in these countries, so it, it takes it away from the Brightons potentially, yep. or the West Ham's, you know, or definitely the Brentfords. I, I can't imagine Brentford have a huge following abroad, so it you know it, that's another point as well. I think the strain on players, you know, player welfare is always discussed about. They're always saying they play too much and not enough rest. And Wenger saying let's do a World Cup every two weeks. Yeah, that's right, two weeks, not two years. He wants to do it every two weeks. Um, So you know, there's there's an issue with that. With more flying again, pushing it more towards the elite players because I'm aware that you know there are some prem players that are only playing roughly 45 games a year, and that's if they have deep cup runs. But then you've got your most and not even most sellers. You've got your U- European players, so your your Phil Foden's really, your Phil Foden's and your your uh, Ferran is that because their international teams are good, they're playing like 65, 70 games a season, mm. and when do they rest? is yeah. kind of the problem as well. I mean, we saw that thing with Pedri. Well, how many games are he going to play? Like, played in the Olympics, played in the Euros, had a one-week holiday and then was back at Barca. It's not healthy, really.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's not. That guy's played about 70 games in a calendar year. It's absolutely crazy.
1: It's not healthy. And you know, we've seen the likes of Jack Wilshire and, you know, mismanaging of, of youth talent as well as aging talent as well. And it's just not really the one. And also as well, the final point is, you know, are we taking the game away from fans who are struggling to see their favourite sides play locally? There is a big, big thing we are we discussed the other day, other day where Arsenal is very expensive to watch. Like what? Well, you know, it should not be that I pay more than a pound a minute to watch football, really.
0: Mm.
1: <laughs> like, it, what? Are you mad? And the thing is, we could get absolutely whacked up as well. And I'm going to pay more than a pound a minute. I'm going to sit there. Obviously, football's predominantly played in the cold. You know, it's it's very late summer, predominantly yeah. autumn and winter, very, very early spring. And I'm going to sit there. It's about two degrees on my Monday evening. I've come from work and I've just watched Arsenal get spanked 3-0 and I've paid £108 for my ticket. Oh, yeah, thanks. <laughs> £108! <laughs> and that will be one of the cheapest ones. And I know Arsenal is an extreme case, but it's the same everywhere. You know, these local fans are getting priced out to a degree. And, you know, it is catering more towards international fans that maybe have more money. And there's this whole thing about heritage and supporting a community. And are we really seeing that with Premier League clubs? I think even if they didn't play abroad, though, they still wouldn't cater to local fans. That's just, you know, wishful thinking. But Mm. it is definitely a point, you know. I look at Arsenal's grounds, and I think this could be the same for a lot of London teams. I wouldn't say it reflects Finsbury Park as an area in terms of the people that are Mm. there, the mixes, the culture, um, in terms of the ethnicities. It's not what you'd expect. And I think there's definitely an element of, um, you know, the Premier League in particular are really driving away from the local fans that kind of made them what they are.
0: Yeah, the whole corporate element as well, which you get a lot more in London um, than you do kind of anywhere else. But even, so even suddenly you've got boxes that are bought out by big companies to, to take. Um, I can't imagine there's too many big companies buying them currently, but over the years, it'd be the same as the James's Park, the same at the Emirates, wherever, you know, they have so many seats that are reserved for these corporate enterprises that will pay fortunes to take their clients there. And that's kind of just indicative of, um how football's kind of become um your point on the on the players and the strain you know is so apt I mean Peggy's played so many games um the strain on them mentally I remember it wasn't really a point on the games played but I remember it was like Ilkay Gundogan after the Super League got scrapped it was came out there was, was a couple of players that came out and said they weren't in favour I kind of felt it was after the event <laughs> so probably pointless but I think these players you know they do need to their lives, their you know, their families, their their well beings, their bodies, whatever, their mental health. These into account a bit more, including the staff as well, and all these people that have got to work with the clubs um, to make this to make the games happen. And also the climate change argument as well. That we mentioned I won't labour because we mentioned that on our Qatar podcast. Um, but that's a massive factor. I mean, climate change is becoming more and more of a, a huge global topic and in the press. And what f- all football wants to do is play more and more games. I love, how, well, I don't love it, but to an extent I love, I love how FIFA are coming out. If FIFA owned the Premier League, they would be doing all sorts to get the kids <laughs> all over the world. They wouldn't care. They just they, they want to expand their World Cup. That's getting played across three countries in was it, 20 uh 32 or whatever. It's 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 bonkers, man. Yeah, very much so. And I think, yeah, you're right. Your, your point about FIFA.
1: It's just yeah, it's it's yeah, they'll definitely be trying to do it. Or put as many games abroad as as possible. Um, so the kind of the final question is: uh, Will it happen? And should it? And actually, no. I've got one more point as well on the Super League with the players. Right? They were all every single player in the world. I hope, I hope all of them are listening to this pod, even though none of them care. Um, they're all they're all mugs. <laughs> Not one footballer, right, with the Super League, spoke out when it was actually going on. Not one. And yeah. I I'm, I and the only ones that did were at clubs not involved in it. And I know it's like, mm. oh, but they have their contracts there. Look, if you're Mo Salah and the Super League is going on and you disagree with it, Liverpool aren't gonna be like, Oh yeah, Mo Salah, you tweeted out about the Super League, so we're gonna sack you. Mm. <laughs> They're not doing that, <laughs> are they? Oh yeah, so mm. I understand, yeah, okay. There are certain players in clubs, you know, very well paid professionals. That if they did say something, it could reflect poorly. But I was actually yeah. very disappointed at the elite. The, I'm talking the elite stars in our league that said nothing. And now they're like, oh, it was all it was all ridiculous. It's like, why didn't you say anything then? But anyway, mm. we'll leave that point there. That, that, was me, <laughs> that was me spraying at the hip. Going mm. to uh, will it happen and should it? I think it's a very difficult point to answer. You know, local fans are constantly talking about the rising cost to see that you know their sides play. Uh, they're being priced out they feel for corporate as well as international fans who are willing to pay mad prices to see their sides uh, there's definitely a balancing act between feeding the appetite of those abroad and trying to do more for the fans here i think mean, the fans here are finished like i you know they don't care so it's one of those things where in an ideal world it, you know morally we just do more for the local fans but they don't actually care so unless if they start not turning up to games and no one really cares and actually when you don't turn up to games it, it normally gets filled it normally gets filled with some of the international fans who want to see them play or just more fans there are so many fans mm. of big clubs especially big teams where like it's it's hard to just boycott do you know what i mean like oh we're going to boycott the emirates mm. yeah like you know it, it's it, 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 <laughs> it, you know it's really difficult like even further down the scale um i definitely feel that there's a happy medium to be to be had between between both of those but i, I feel like it's going to go very mad one way towards the um international scene because you can't compare it to watching it on tv you know being you know you go to games live all the time and the atmosphere is brilliant and it's just even even the goal like to hear all those fans roar for one for one player and one team is just something very very special Um, but should games Mm. actually be abroad I think it will happen but should it actually move abroad I don't think it should and the reason why I say that is because I think it would disrupt the league too much I think there's too many dead ringers so it's very top eight glens like not glens lens Mm. so like yeah great we've got City versus like Arsenal Uh, abroad but yeah who wants to see Brentford versus Newcastle now that's not to say they don't have international fans I'm sure they do but like I think the image is oh we're going to be going to 100,000 seat stadiums and selling it all out that is not going to get 100,000 people I mean you Mm -hmm. know Newcastle versus Brighton or something is going to get you probably a half full field stadium if they work with the clubs very well and look at you know their strong points of um fan bases, because I'm aware that there are certain players at certain clubs which drive a lot of revenue in those places like Sun in South Korea, um, Kanu formerly mm. um, in Nigeria. So, you know, I, if they did stuff like that for certain players at these clubs, then that may work. But I, I, I don't think they would do that. And I think it'd be a bit pointless for some of the other sides. Um, but I definitely think there's a balancing act to be had. I mean, we do have the International Champions Cup, which they always play abroad. I don't know how foreign fans feel about it, because yeah, you're seeing your favourite players play. I would never watch Arsenal play in preseason, personally. But maybe that's because I have the option to watch them here. I don't know. There's there's mm. there's an element around I used to go to the Emirates Cup actually, that's a lie. But the Emirates Cup I was never that fussed with because it is preseason. pre-season. Like, oh, it's nice to see the players play, but a goal's just like nice. You can see that yeah. it's all right. You know, there's still that competitive edge, I think foreign fans unfortunately miss. Um, and it'll be interesting to see whether the Premier League try and appease that or whether
0: they just keep going with the formula they have now. Mm, yeah, agreed. I, th- I think they will press ahead. I think one of the main reasons is because it's not as if like, okay, the Premier League wants to sell some more, well, Put a game on into India and wants to generate more fans. It's not as if there's not already fans there. There's loads of fans in South Asia, in Africa, even in the United States. So the fans are already there for them. It's just about bridging the gap. So it's almost just like an easy win for them if they can if they can pull it off. Um, so it's almost like uh, the risk is just not there because they're you know they don't start from scratch. They've got you know there's millions of millions of fans overseas that you know support English clubs, support the Premier League as a whole. And so I think it'll happen. It'll also happen because you're going to have, you know, obviously you need to have these unanimous votes now. You talk about the project big picture, fallout and stuff. But, you know, as you said, the bigger the club in the Premier League, the more swear they have. The bigger the club, the more fans they have overseas. So it's just set up. It's a formula that's set up for us to go ahead. Um, whether it'll happen in the next couple of years, possibly not. I could see the Community Shield getting moved overseas, perhaps. You know, it's quite yeah, a historic cook that might stop that from happening. I couldn't see like the FA Cup or League Cup going out because, again, they're historic. No one cares about the League Cup. The FA Cup would just be a massive uproar if that got moved overseas for the final or something like that. So, yeah, who knows? But it's it's an interesting topic and we'll see how it, uh, it all pans out. So, Etches, thank you so much for pulling together information on um, the Premier League abroad this week. Um, thank you guys all for listening. Um, please subscribe on our platforms. As I mentioned at the start, it would be great if you could. Give us a like, give us a share, whatever feel, whatever feels right. Um if Facebook <laughs> and Instagram if Facebook <laughs> and Instagram doesn't come back on or WhatsApp, then you know, read a book, do something wholesome, um, go for a walk, maybe. Um but yeah, thank you all <laughs> for listening. Thanks said, cheers, cheers and uh, good night. Cheers guys. Cheers.